This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. continue on Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live with our conversation with Courtney Turner talking about NACs, natural asset companies, and how they basically represent massive government fascist setups to charge people for the government not going after people and pretend that that is somehow an asset that can be traded. If you can put it in into terms that, uh, let's say, you know, one of the high school students, if they were listening, uh, if I were teaching high school, um, they would understand about the creation of these companies and where they would derive this so-called value. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I want to address two things you said, though. Uh, One is Plato, because I think that I think it's really interesting. I have to go back and reread Plato because I actually have a potentially and I know this is not a popular uh, viewpoint Ah. at all. This is typically Mm -hmm. how he illustrates his point. Um, And so, yes, I think there is an element of that. And what I also want to say is that, you know, people do often point to, uh, you know, the noble eye, and that is kind of like the predecessor to these, the intelligence uh, constructs and webs and uh, secret societies and whatnot. But I think there's another possibility because you were dealing with a time where, of course, the, you know, parasite class who were the, controllers uh, were doing everything. They they had control over them, and so you you couldn't really rebel against them. So when he created his academy, there is the possibility that he was trying to create an alternative where there was an initiation, but and there was an opportunity to ascertain esoteric knowledge, but that it was done through a meritocracy versus through bloodlines and uh, rituals. And that's yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's entirely possible. And when you when you look at his writing, you know, of course, most of most most people when they read Plato, like they start with the Republic, and it's kind of hard to start with the Republic if you don't have a context for someone's style and the way that they write, and you don't understand how he uses Socrates to, you know, illustrate his points. So I I don't know. It's I I wasn't there. But yeah, I think yeah. it is really worth because think about it. He couldn't just start an academy that is has a meritocratic uh, kind of a you know element for uh, inculcation of information without these you know I, I don't want to call them the elites, but the parasite class, the, olig- the ar- oligarchical structure being allowing that right because right, right. only only the elites, only through that those bloodlines who had been inducted through essentially these traumatic rituals could have any kind of access to that esoteric occulted knowledge. And I feel like he was trying to create something, which is what we think of like higher education being it's supposed to be. Of course, it's not what it's become. And most of that is because of these secret societies who have changed it. But I'm talking about like the Ivy League schools or, you know, higher education. It's supposed to be a meritocratic system for people to be able to ascertain esoteric knowledge, you know, an advanced knowledge. And 
But of course, what have they done? That they have inverted it and they have infiltrated it. Uh, there's a great book. It's called Cloak and Gown that talks a lot about that and how uh, the secret societies along with the military industrial complex have done that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't have the answer on it. And it's something I need to revisit to tease out in my own brain, but I wanted to present it. Um, and then also when you were talking about uh, like what the a big difference in, uh, you know, the, the two perspectives. I, I wanted to add that it's also about how they see, uh, you know, cause you were saying essentially that it's like, it's the, it's the big battle between the people who honor free will want to celebrate that and understand the, you know, the interplay between the individual and the collective versus those who want to control others and, uh, you know, do that through kind of cult like, uh, you know, institutions. And I think the other element of it is that there's also the people who, when they look at human nature, some people, the people who honor free will typically are those that acknowledge that human beings are inherently intrinsically flawed and they want to create a system whereby we can enhance the best aspects and, you know, allow for the emergence of the best aspects of humanity, but know that inherently we're flawed and it is going to be flawed because that's what a society will be because it's comprised of individuals who are flawed uh, versus those who think that man has the potential to be perfected. And of course, this is a very Gnostic type of view, right? You keep perfecting man to become mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially what it is. And you look at the original name for the Illuminati, which is way after Plato, but it's, uh, of course, drawn from, you know, principles, I, I think very much from the ancient mystery schools. And uh, their original name was the Perfectibilis, <laughs> the, the, right? And so they, that they thought that man could be perfected and they were just the ones to be illuminated enough to do it. And so, yeah, so sorry, that was a tangent, but I wanted to address because you had brought up those points. So, well, no, but it is very important. And it, I should mention, I was speaking with someone a little bit earlier today when we talk about schooling, universities and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, even I, I was talking about uh, the Wizard of Oz and mm-hmm. L. Frank Baum and how was he, he was a theosophist and there was the whole mm-hmm. debate for L. Frank Baum and writing, you know, Wizard of Oz, he was very much in favor of the agricultural interests and they wanted a silver-based ba- silver dollar yep. versus the gold-based dollar. They owed a lot to the Eastern interests and L. Frank Baum thought that the Eastern interests were exploiting them. So however one wants to fall in the debate there, but what's really interesting is, of course, we know the Tin Man was representative of uh, supposed to be emblematic of the industrial worker and in the book yeah. his body parts it was basically a cyberman they were replaced slowly replaced by the industrialists because he was being worked to death until he became the tin man then yep. you've got the scarecrow who represents the agriculturalist who is not the dumb hayseed that everyone thought that or you know the eastern people would would uh, portray him as and what's fascinating is i've mentioned this a couple times is if you look at you know we have the whole silver slipper thing in wizard of oz it was originally silver, not red. Yeah, yeah, right on. Exactly. And they changed it because of the lighting or something. I don't know. It just looked better in the movie or whatever. But you have the gold road and, you know, the, the gold road leading to this fantasy world, according to L. Frank Baum. Uh, you know, the whole debate as to which metal, uh, obviously the farmers, if they could pay back their debt in a dollar based on silver, would then be paying back less than what they actually would have owed the Eastern establishment if it were based on gold. So there's some debate there as to whether or not they're defrauding or whether they were being exploited. And people think it's fair that they could do that. But what's interesting is if you look at the movie version of it, after they throw the water on the witch 
she she goes down obviously they go to the the wizard and he says you liquidated her eh the assets of course and he says very resourceful of you so they mix that in there and then he gives the the uh, scarecrow his university diploma and what does the scarecrow recite the pythagorean theorem yeah because of course l frank Baum was an occultist and he go, it goes all the way back to pythagoras who as you say was a devotee of the egyptian mystery schools mm-hmm. so the whole thing is all it's all the all all the alchemical stuff all the gnostic stuff the perfectibility of man it's even in the wizard of oz movie and yeah. people don't even see it it's just ama- it's it's amazing what is put right out in front of you you know yeah. wayne mccroy is great on this stuff and so is chris oh. graves i think Okay. Okay. Awesome. I actually did an episode uh, on that with uh, someone who did a, like to teach, he used the Wizard of Oz to create kind of like a children's tutorial about uh, economics and the history of it. Yeah, it's great. I'll send you the link. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, so am I, am I right in saying on the NAC thing, Courtney, our guest is uh, Courtney Turner folks. And uh, let me show you the website right now, since we've uh, we shown the shown the Twitter feed at Courtney Turner, and uh, let's just go over here. And you've got a great picture on your on your website of your morning appearance with Harrison on Infowars today, yep. and yeah, people can just click and play. And it's Courtney C O U R T E N A Y Turner T U R N E R dot com. And Courtney, you've got a lot of resources there, all the different videos, the different podcasts. This one on cancer was absolutely great. Tess Laurie opening, I mean, uh, Lee Merritt opening things up. And uh, then this one, which was also great. And a lot of the things that you and I've discussed just briefly here, Mm -hmm. things like Tavistock and stuff, Republican Party, just great. So Mm -hmm. uh, again, folks, go to CourtneyTurner.com and check it out. And remember, it's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. And um, how often a week do you put out your own material, Courtney? And then we'll go back to the NAC. Thing. Sure. So I, I put out at least three times a week uh, uh, one of my interviews. I do the show with Dr. Lee Merritt uh, once a week. So that's called Dangerous Dames. So that's four. Um, but I, I've done uh, in the past three weeks, we, well, I guess three and a half weeks, it's been almost 40 of my own and then going on other shows as well. So yeah, I, I don't know that we'll keep that up, but it's, it's been, awesome. yeah, <laughs> so there were some, there have been some days with three, four. Tomorrow I have four. I did have five, but we moved one. <laughs> so yeah it's so it's excellent and and you know from a person who you know just saw you uh and admired some of the things you do the way you responded to me i really appreciate it and uh you know i don't know if you could hear what i was saying or if you saw my little sign when you were in the back room before we started the show but you know i tried to give you the big thank you on a note thank and all you. that stuff so yeah I that was really it. cool yeah it's it's awesome stuff so okay so back, yeah. some people might be wondering this say now wait a minute mm-hmm. hold on a second Okay, so I understand, you know, they, uh, you know, to put my play mild devil's advocate here, or at least a person trying to absorb this information. Sure. They might say, okay, I'm up to speed on the ways that they've taken over land 
the ways that they've played on people's uh, kind hearts to think, oh, we're preserving this or we're preserving that when it's all when we is the pronoun of forced inclusion. If we look at the polis, but they accept this stuff. They say, oh, it represents American values to have the Western lands taken care of and all these things. And then they amp it up with, you know, heritage sites. Oh, we got to take care of this. We got to do this. Got to do that. It's heritage, you know, whatever. Um, so they get involved with, they, they say, okay, I sort of understand that dialectical process, uh, the idea of cultural Marxism then being translated into the natural world. There's always a victim. We've got to protect people. It's a crisis. We're going to do this. But again, they might be wondering, how can they take something that inherently doesn't have any value or something that hasn't been put through a tort system to show that it actually has a danger mm-hmm. and then say, we're going to create, we're going to allow, this is where I think maybe the questions arise, the SEC just allowing these companies, it would be one thing if they were just to allow these companies and there weren't forces like the forces pushing the mortgages back in you know the mid-2000s to 2008, if there weren't forces propelling these things with money. So how will they, how would they, or will they, if they get this through, how will they get these companies that are allowed by the SEC to then say, because I would have no problem if somebody wanted to say, hey, I've got a company called Joe's Carbon Credits, man, like Howie Carr on radio. He does this. How uh, uh, Honest Howie's Carbon Credits. He jokes around about it. He's been doing it for years. He's like, yeah, come buy my house. Because he knows it's bogus. He knows the whole thing right. is absolutely ridiculous. It's his birthday today, by the way. So, oh, I have a um, birthday. My yeah. sister. Uh, what's that? Uh, mine was no, mine was two days ago. I've lost track of days. Yeah. <laughs> hey! Oh, happy birthday! Happy twenty twenty four. Good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and boy, am I glad you're here. So, um, okay, so let's let's discuss if you can try to express it in a way that shows that it's basically leveraging. It's commoditizing something that really has not been shown to have any value. What would the process be? Let's say it's a startup company. Where would this investment come from? And okay. that investment itself would be backed by something fairly fascist, I would so, assume. Well, yes, it's a private part, public partnership. That's that's anyway. the whole uh, infrastructure for all of this. So uh, I, I will just say, no, I would not be happy even if they allowed it. That's essentially what they're doing. What they want to do is the proposed rule by the uh SEC was to allow the New York Stock Exchange to list a new category of companies. These companies we've called natural asset companies. So now what this means is it's an umbrella. It's kind of an encasement for a type of a category of companies. So for people to invest in that are publicly traded. Now this means that foreign adversaries can invest in it. They can invest in land. So you brought up things like, you know, heritage. Of course, there's, you know, like our 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 forest, you know, uh, natural uh, forests and, uh, you know, the federal lands that are owned. And, of course, that's obviously in danger. And it's part of the reason, I think, why say, it makes sense that someone like Marlow Oaks would be very much alerted to it. Well, also, the state treasurers are, you know, they understand the finances of this. And uh, they recognize that this is absolutely, you know, junk <laughs> economics. This is not, you know, makes no sound logical sense uh, mathematically, uh, but it also, 
you know, they, they know how the impact that it could have for the American economy, for, you know, the people who are not part of this, uh, you know, elite kind of parasitical class and where they don't right. have. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of us, it could be absolutely devastating and it could not only uh, starve us out, but, uh, you know, withhold all of our natural resources, which means things right. like, uh, you know, not being able to drill oil, so not having uh, energy, not being able to heat up uh, and cool our, our houses. It's, uh, you know, it's very, very problematic and very dangerous. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, so it's a, it makes it a, it's a, it's a category that, that can be invested in. Um, and then it could be, you don't have to be even, you know, it's because it's publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. As I said, it could be a foreign adversary. China could invest. So an example for that might be there might be land that's very rich in lithium. You know, China is the number one uh, lithium battery, lithium battery uh, you know, manufacturer currently. And they would not want us to have land that's very rich in lithium that we start extracting lithium from, right? So they could invest in these natural asset companies. But here's the kicker is they don't actually even have to take ownership. It is about management under ecosystem management. So this is where it becomes problematic potentially. So they could they could invest in this lithium uh, rich property and now have ecosystem management rights to control that property and say that no lithium can be mined on it because it violates conservation policies and ecosystem, uh, you know, protection rights or whatever it is they want to call it. Um, and because they keep renaming this thing, that's why, that's why I say that. <laughs> um, but I, I've recently looked into what the UN means by regenerative, and it's not at all what we think of when we think of regenerative farming. So they, they yeah, keep yeah. changing definitions constantly to, uh, you know, suit their agenda. But here's right. where it really, it, it can affect private property as well. So let's say you owned a piece of land and that land got is part of a land trust. Maybe you inherited the land as part of, you know, a trust and you didn't know. So this is where you might not, the landowner might not even be aware and they don't need their permission to have it be enrolled in this natural asset company. And so let's say there's a conservation easement on that land and it's part of a natural asset company and that property was very rich in lithium and you suddenly find that out and now you want to start a lithium mining business. But now, uh, you know, China has invested in this knack that is on your property and part of that is that conservation easement and now you won't have access because they'll determine that it violates their ecosystem management. So, yeah, so there's all yeah. sorts of, uh, yeah, I mean, there are many, I, many scenarios, but yeah. Well, you know, Courtney, it's interesting because I, I keep hearing RGGI in the back of my mind. And every time I think about this, I think about how perverse this is, because really what they're doing is without, again, if. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I run through a lot of times on the show, I'll talk about common law torts and I'll say, mm -hmm. look. Uh, the, the way that you can actually present a price tag for something that could be detrimental to one's neighbor, that could be a negative, is mm -hmm. you have to allow the neighbor to claim damage, X, Y, or Z person, and right. that person claims a tortious claim and says, I have been hurt, 
And then whoever is going to hear this, I would rather have common law, you know, judicial system or whatever, or the yeah. Brehon law system or whatever. But um, then they say, OK, we'll hear it. Can you prove the case? And then a penalty is attached to that form of pollution and that yeah. form of behavior with the pollution. So you have private property recognition, a court system or adjudication system to protect that private property. And then the cost of that, in addition to what we normally might work work out through uh, resource allocation, how much time does it take? How much did I spend to make to get this shovel, to get this resource? Now we've got, is this going to damage somebody else if I engage in this behavior? I've got to insure and indemnify against against that. What they do is they set up a fake indemnification system whereby mm-hmm. with the regional greenhouse gas initiative, all these East Coast governors bought into this, the government, the federal government creates this cost of carbon or whatever it might be out of thin air. And then mm-hmm. they say, okay, in order to comply with what we say, are the ways that we prevent the catastrophic problems that will come in the future, you must do X, Y, and Z. So, of course, the large corporations are leverageable. They can then in, invest in the scrubbers or the uh, the uh, getting rid of their trash in some dump or whatever that is going to be, you know, in the desert or something like that. Whatever it's going to be, the carbon capture tunnels, which are just ridiculous, you know. So they can. Yeah. And then the concept of RGGI, Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, was that if you couldn't afford it, if you were a startup company, then you could buy the credits. And that's where this fake, arbitrary, yeah. totally synthesized market comes from, because they're claiming that the penalties now have a value. Their their penalties are made up. They're actually not reflective of harming anyone. It's just right. the, it's just the king saying, if you engage in in turning your head this way, you must pay me this many times. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what they're doing. They're just making up a behavior they don't like. And if you want to engage in the behavior, even though it's not going to harm anybody, they'll right. penalize you. And if you can afford it, that's cool. You can buy off. Like, I'm John Kerry. Do you know how much I pay in carbon credits to get out here to Davos, Avi Yamani? Do you know that? Stop walking next to me on, on the streets of Davos. Get out of here. I'm going to have that lady push you aside. You know, that sort of thing. Right. And, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. And and so they, so they do absurd. that. and. That's how they create their their so-called market, because at that point, then you'll see a lot of money going into the investing in the large leverageable companies that have that legible, leverageable capital. They'll grow even more and they need the money because Dang. a lot of them who started this ESG stuff, they're, they're already being sued for breaching their fiduciary responsibilities. As you mentioned, BlackRock has uh, BlackRock is heavily involved in Mi- Mississippi Tennessee it's and called Arkansas. region smart. And I did do some investigating and apparently it was shut down. Um, but it does look like they still have their website up and, uh, I, they're involved in a lot of things. There some other things that are called like iShares and a lot of things. It looks like they're pivoting and rebranding because that, that did get shut down. Fortunately, mm-hmm. so this is what I mean. We have to stay vigilant because they just keep moving the needle and, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to take no for an answer. So uh, at least not easily. So, um, but fortunately that did get shut down. I think two States had to agree to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely shut down by uh, Arkansas, I'm pretty sure. And then I think Mississippi uh, shut it down as well. So, And yeah. I think, uh, you know, a lot of free market people might say, oh, Courtney, how can you oppose the lifting of the government hand to allow which the SEC, this is the way they portray it. We're just allowing greater freedom. 
But what they're allowing is people who are frauds to be able to start dealing in their fraudulent system even more. There's plenty more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for being in the audience, and please spread the word. We'll be back. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. USA News Update. During a visit in North Carolina Thursday, President Joe Biden took time to tout his administration's achievements towards stabilizing the post-pandemic economy. Nearly 800,000 manufacturing jobs nationwide. Unemployment has been below 4% for the longest stretch in American history in the last 50 years. During a speech in Raleigh Thursday, Biden acknowledged how thousands more homes have been connected to high-speed internet during his time in office. Critics of the president and Republicans have blamed his administration for runaway inflation since the pandemic due to multiple government spending measures. The amount of U.S. Capitol Police threat assessment cases are up heading into an election year. In 2023, the USCP's threat assessment section investigated just over 8,000 cases. The number of cases likely to go up this year because of the presidential election. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News. This is how we do every day. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. (laughs) Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. I need to pay bills. When is my tax refund coming? I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options? I need to set up a payment plan. How do I do that? I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? I need help with my taxes. Does the IRS offer free help? I need a tax preparer. How should I choose one? Need answers to your tax questions? Go to irs.gov. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. 
I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We continue on Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live with our conversation with Courtney Turner talking about NACs, natural asset companies, and how they basically represent massive government fascist setups to charge people for the government not going after people and pretend that that is somehow an asset that can be traded. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of free market people might say, oh, Courtney, how can you oppose the lifting of the government hand to allow which the SEC, this is the way they portray it. We're just allowing greater freedom. But what they're allowing is people who are frauds to be able to start dealing in their fraudulent system even more. So this is this is where the dialectic comes into play, right? Because you look at things like the Cold War and it's like we keep pointing the finger at the, those commies, the communists, it's the communists. And, and meanwhile, the fascists are building their 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 whole infrastructure and right. you know I, I keep saying it it's all roads lead to tyranny all roads lead to totalitarianism and both of them are just creating a dialectical synthesis for the technocratic takeover and of course that's the AI world society that they're building they want to create a you know a centralized world governance and the term they use is governance and i think that that is an important distinction uh, because a lot of people think of it being like a centralized governing body and of course if we look at it things like the world economic forum and like the un certainly look like they're priming themselves to be that centralized governing body uh but Really, if you dig into the history of how these things work, uh, this is why I I keep saying I'm so frustrated with people. It's like the only game they ever learned how to play was pin the tail on the donkey. And, uh, you know, it's a, they just want to reduce everything to a very over, like ridiculously oversimplified, you know, one like monolithic kind of a uh, problem, you know, it's okay. Well, we just eradicate this one thing and uh, then all our problems disappear. And that's just, unfortunately it's not how it works. I mean, I, human beings are complex and then you, you get, you know, billions of human beings together. I mean, things are going to be a little bit more complicated than that. And what they do though, when you look throughout history is they, they create consortiums. This is really, I, I think this is the, the groundwork, the foundation of infrastructure for fascism is when you look at conglomerates of companies. That is the, the blueprint. And that is how all of these different webs work. They have these little, you know, steering committees. They have these NGOs. They have their little, you know, all the branches of the military industrial, uh, military industrial complex. Uh, of course, then, uh, you know, the offshoots, which is the medical industrial complex, yeah. the media right. industrial complex, <laughs> and uh, it goes on and on. But yeah. they, they have within those that they're all interconnected and it's a web and it's, a, it's like a, it's a cartel. It's like the mafia, you know, the, yeah. the, 
the the mafia boss, the mob boss, isn't running around like killing people. He's got his hitman out doing that because that creates some degree of separation. It's much harder to pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> so you can't, you know, just, uh, you know, it's harder to trace the crime. And I, that's what they do. And so I think that the term governance is a much more accurate way of looking at it. But when you look at things like they have said, they want this centralized uh, governance, they want a centralized religion. And it looks like this AI world society kind of, you know, encompasses all of that. Because even when you look back and you read people like Kissinger and Brzezinski and H.G. Wells and Bertrand Russell, they all talked about, you know, how it was going to be the rise of the technocracy. And, you know, Kissinger and Brzezinski and uh, Jacques Attali, they talked about how it was going to be the East and the West. So essentially the communist and the fascists and you know the capitalists to some degree is being they're creating the clash in order to pit them against uh, each other for dialectical progression uh, you yeah. know so you think of the dialectic kind of like a spiral that goes towards the omega point of course for hegel the omega point was god equals the state the state is god and mm. they want a centralized world state and absolutely uh, and i think that the ai god is essentially what they're uh, pointing towards, and uh, it looks like a cyber Satan to me, if you ask me. Um, but I think that this whole thing is related to it because I really think that, yes, there's so there's another really sneaky thing that they can do. So I was giving the analogy of like how uh, uh, lithium or gold mining or oil, for example, right? So they could tell you that you couldn't farm, you can't drill, you can't extract resources, you can't even breathe the air on that land because that's, you know, it, it needs to be conserved. That's, that's the big word that they keep using. But mm. what they can do is they can delist it as a knack so they delist it from the market and now they can go and drill breathe the air farm um but what they can also do so the regenerative seems to have according to the un more of a uh biosynthetic connotation and as it's an inverse right this is what they do it's an inverse of reality is always an inverse of the natural order of things and i think that what, where they're going with that is that because they see it as, well, that will be conserving the natural land in its natural state because now you're creating all the synthetic you're not using. It's not productive use. Um, so that's going to you know be a way of funneling towards these carbon offsets yeah. uh, under the umbrella of the natural asset company. So. <laughs> And, you know, you know, Courtney, there are two two directions. Obviously, we go back to history and Gnosticism and things like that, which essentially uh, if it's essentially just human hubris and whether or not people are willing to buy into the idea that this is a multi-generational, intentional generation to generation tied interest group set of bloodlines and people and banking interests and things, or it's just different sets of generational um uh, you might say uh, 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 people who are, are engaging in opportunism uh, mm-hmm. and they see what has been built already and then they'll, they'll pattern their, their behavior after that behavior and so on. And then they tie themselves into the already extant mm-hmm. corrupt systems, whichever it is. a combination of both, honestly, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think I think that's exactly it. And I think the people at the core of it know that there's that mentality, that hubristic mentality. And of course, they have the ultimate hubris into thinking that they can get to this perfectibility through the technocracy. And and as we say, you know, it goes all the way back to the mystery schools, to Gnosticism. And uh, but if we look at if we even if we want to just pair that away, 
the manifestation of how this will play out or how it looks like it would play out in your eyes with the attack on private property. Let's repeat that and then give people a couple resources because I know, you know, you've de- devoted a lot of time here. So I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where can they go for the immediate day to day? What are we looking at now sort of situation and the people who've done some really good stuff? If you want to mention any names again. Yeah, sure. Um, so I will just address what you're saying about I do think it is a, a combination of the two. And uh, this is part of how they create assets and useful ideas because we, we can look back at the MK Ultra studies and they were uh, in they were studying ways that you could create and uh, uh, heighten you know, dark triad personality types. And this is because they are easier to manipulate and control and create uh, controlled assets out of them. So of course the uh, dark triad, for those who may not know, are the narcissistic personality. So that's where there's the hubris, uh, there's Machiavellian in Machiavellian um, and psychopathic, uh, which it does seem like the the parasite class seems to comprise of lots of those. And usually those, they do come in threes typically. So hence the triad. Um, so, yeah, so you were asking about like where can they find uh, more resources on this and Yeah, uh, and, and, and and what would what would the uh what would the the stages of this what we were seeing as you were saying, you know, commoditizing, literally commoditizing things like carbon dioxide, our breathing, uh, you know, private property not necessarily being taken by eminent domain, but essentially being taken through other means and regulatory means and so on and so forth. And a couple of the areas that you see as the big red flags for people to keep in mind as they enter this and investigate the NAC phenomenon that they're pushing. I think there's a couple of things to bear in mind. So they did withdraw the listing on the New York Stock Exchange, but the uh, White House seems to be very invested in they've already count. Uh, they've already created, as I mentioned, this, uh, you know, uh, uh, statistics uh, for environmental economic decisions. Uh, so they are definitely laying groundwork to implement this in other ways, which not necessarily through uh, public companies that are listed on the stock exchange, but they are definitely laying the groundwork for this type of valuation of natural assets. Um, They, of course, also put nature on the balance sheet. That was an executive order that the White House put on. Um, So I would look at things like that because I think that needs to be stopped. I I think there should be pressure on local and federal uh, political representatives to, I mean, to push against that there is yeah. nature should not be there should not be a value placed on nature there's a reason why they were struggling to do it it's because you can't put a value an economic value on nature yeah, and the uh, other thing that i would mention is that immediately assumes that they can control it and run it and and basically it's in their it's in their uh it's the government's determination of the, it's their property they can determine so, what the valuation is of of all land Whereas we should be the ones to decide, do we want it for natural resources? Do we want it for this natural resource, that natural resource? Do we want it for X, Y, or Z? As Margaret Byfeld said, if we don't own property, then we are the property that's owned, right? You own nothing, be happy. That's what this is all about. Um, So the other thing that I would really look for is, and, uh, you know, where I am, there's a huge, but it's all throughout the country, there's a huge push for, uh, you know, conservation easements and conservation in general. You talked about the heritage. um, And that is a huge 
huge, huge push. And I think people need to be, you know, really use discernment with that because I think that is a way that they're going to try and put things under an umbrella where they can then argue that there can't be any production on it because we have to, uh, you know, preserve the green agenda and uh, the green earth plan. So I, I would be on the lookout for those types of things because I, as the NAC shows, it's not just about ownership. It's really about controlling rights. So they can regulate. I used to make this joke as a kid when, uh, you know, but they were buying up all the bottled water. I'm like, what next are they going to like, you know, regulate and commodify air. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I right. thought it was hilarious. You know, I'm like, they're going to sell us air. And uh, here we are that they're like literally trying to regulate the air we breathe. So mm-hmm. I, I think we just need to be really mindful of the little gains and also the definition changes um, because they're already putting in a lot of propaganda, you know, like the propaganda against meat. Um, and of course, in that kind of backfired. And that goes back to Plato, too. Remember, Plato was yeah. saying that meat should only be reserved for uh, the elites and the soldiers. And right. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because other the the rest were to be remain dumb and docile. Um, right. Yeah. And so- and goodness knows you need the soldiers to protect. So we've got to decide who gets what because they've got, got to be it. the strongest to protect you. It's for your own good, right? For your own good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. It's always for our own good. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would be really you know they they. You know, aware of like the pro- the propaganda that they're injecting. So there's there's already they're demonizing meat, and of course that's so they could create their fake meat and tell us that uh, meat is bad for the planet because you know the cow farts are somehow destroying the air, um, and uh, it's just a bold faced lie, bold faced lie. The cows are actually really good for the planet. It is part of the ecosystem. Um, uh, Rob Wolf, I've interviewed him. He wrote a great book on it called The Sacred Cow. Uh, about all de- debunking all of the the lies on uh, how meat is bad for, and of course you know the meat that they're creating these fake meat. And of course they want to. So when that backfires, what do they do? Then they try to inject things like the mRNA into the meat. Um, so they're they're doing whatever they possibly they're creating fake salt. Uh, so they really want to. I think. So what I was saying about my vision for what they want to do, I do think it's partly so that they can starve us out, control the resources, uh, make it so that people can don't have any private ownership of land. Um, that, I think, is all very valid. However, I think part of it is also so they can terraform that land and create yeah. their, you know, metaverse uh, world. And, uh, yeah, so I think people just need to, uh, whatever they can do locally to push back against these sort of things, really just, and be on the lookout for how things get rebranded, how they get renamed. Um, and so some of the great resources I mentioned, American Stewards of Liberty, they've been really tracking this. It's americanstewards.us, really easy to remember. Uh, they've been doing great work. Margaret By- Byfield, I- I've had her on, and she- she's been really sounding the alarm and tracking this for a long time. I'm going to have her back on to talk about what the White House is doing and how we should follow this and what we should look for next. Um, and who else has been, uh, of course, Marlo Oaks, and uh, he's the treasurer for Utah. He wrote that fantastic letter, got 22 other state treasurers, and then there was... Is that O-A-K, is that O-A-K-E-S? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's funny, because when I heard the name Marlo, I was like, is that a woman or a guy? So I had to go <laughs> do some searching there. Yeah. Um, so, great. yeah, Marlo Oaks. And, and where is he from? Utah. 
Utah. Utah. Okay. Yeah, he's the state yeah. treasurer for Utah. And then there were 25 attorney generals. Then their, their comments letter can be found. They mostly targeted uh, the legality. And uh, that was the why I was pushing for people to submit their comments, because my understanding was that it might go to, if it did go through, the next step would be a lawsuit. And the people who had written comments, submitted comments, would have legal standing. Uh, they would have some legal recourse. So we really, I mean, and also just the numbers, the optics, which apparently was effective so wow. uh, but they should look at their um under the comments the attorney generals it was 25 so half the country uh attorney generals did make a case that this was illegal and they outlined that beautifully way more beautifully than i am equipped or uh knowledgeable enough to do um and then there, there were other people uh james Lindsay has been really sounding the alarm all over twitter him and michael o'fallon and he's been drawing some of the uh you know kind of marxist origin of the concepts, you know, the yeah. deep growth principle, the metabolic rift, and how this is all part of that. Uh, yep. So if you want some of the philosophical kind of, uh, you know, cultural and narrative uh, uh, underpinnings of all of this, uh, that he's been doing a great job of outlining all of that. And uh, who else? I'm sure I'm leaving people out, but there have been, I, I'm grateful that this, this did get some traction and it looks like this was a small win for now and we stay vigilant and keep on top of it. So... Courtney, if you if you have a second, I'd like yeah. to turn. I, just something just popped up in the corner yeah. of my eye. I know that uh, there are people watching on X right now. Uh, Amanda is over there right now. Thank you, Amanda, for saying hello. And I also want to mention to the Rockfin and Rumble crowd, I haven't been able to turn to you folks yet. So if you want to post a couple quick questions for Courtney, uh, JB, Karen, Cajun Times, thank you all. I'm just seeing a piece of the window right now. And then I want to also go over to Rumble, Freegan, Risha M., uh, KR Carpe 27, Lieutenant Oracle of Truth. Thank you all for being there. Uh, and, um, so, and I also want to mention if you, you know, I, I probably don't have to, but if you're listening on podcast or anything like that, or you're watching after the fact, uh, just go in and you hear these names and just pause it, write it down and then go there, you know, that sort of thing. Um, this yeah. is the sort of thing is, yeah, in my work, I'll be listening to David Knight in the morning and he's so full of great information. I'll say, oh, I got to write that down. And then it ends up, I can write an article for MRC TV just based on the fact that I was listening to David Knight and I heard David Knight mention something. So, you know, we all get information from so many places, but I want to mention that. And if people want to bring their comments in, uh, that would be very, very cool. I just want to mention that uh, also uh, I want to bring this to your attention, Courtney, if I can. I'll bring it up on the yeah. screen in just a minute. Sure. Um, yeah. And then we've got, and by the way, as a guy who used to walk through a cow pasture on the way back from school. Um, oh. Yeah. You know, and, and it was funny because the farmer originally was just stone walls and bar barbed wire fence. You know, it was old rusty right. barbed wire fence from like the 1800s. You just, you know, you jump over it or whatever. Sometimes you rip your jeans or whatever, you know. Uh, and then uh, one day I didn't know it. He had gotten an electric fence on the back side where I would pass uh. through towards some woods. And I didn't know it. I walked into the electric fence and it was bizarre. <laughs> I got, I got, it hit me. I was like, Whoa. it was the weird. Yeah. It was made me sweat. It was like, what the heck was oh, that? Wow. Yeah. That it was scary. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty funny, you know, but uh, I'd rather have that guy accidentally fencing me in than the greenies and the, the fascists, the, the green and green and brown, the, the totally. brown hiding behind the green. Right. That's uh, right. So, 
Yeah, I want to show you something, Courtney, uh, okay. just very, very quickly. Uh, this is back from, yeah, back in October. I thought it was September, but it was October. And so uh-huh. I'll bring this up on the screen before we go. Uh, this is the piece that I wrote for MRC-TV a while back about the Federal mm-hmm. Reserve announcing this pilot program for major U.S. banks to manage climate risk. Mm-hmm. And again, a totally arbitrary thing here. And I said the six banks are Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. And, of course, it's all the ESG agenda and stuff like that. It's the climate credit, regional greenhouse gas initiative thing, where they would just create some number, and then the feds would sift through it, and they would say, oh, yeah, okay, sure, we, we're going to come up with this as our cost for climate. Uh, even mm-hmm. Donald Trump, that so-called hero for so many conservatives, they had already established a, a, this arbitrary cost for climate under Obama, which was in the 50s per yeah. uh, metric ton of car- carbon, uh, which is ridiculous. It's, you know, Again, we haven't determined that carbon dioxide is costing or harming people. So how they can apply... It's literally the rate. life molecule. I'm sorry. Anybody who exactly. took science knows this. Like, how have they convinced people otherwise? When you, What do greenhouses do? They inject CO2. That's literally... <laughs> it's the life molecule. Uh, it's the so, fact that they have created this whole yeah. narrative around literally the inverse of reality is just mind-boggling. Because, of course, it's the byproduct of human ingenuity and better living standards, you know. And so we know that it is anti-economic by its nature. It is the flagship of anti-economic fascism, that term. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's interesting is... The, the, the one thing I'll draw from this, and I, you know, I wrote about this as they were pushing this and so on, and I, I wrote about rent-seeking and so on, yeah. but all those banks, and this is what we face, and I don't want it to sound daunting, but right. I think the more we recognize these internal fascist corporate crony capitalist things, sure. uh, which many of the Marxists, who also actually are really fascists, uh, will say, oh, that's capitalism. We hate the free market. The free market wouldn't allow for banks to be getting money from a fiat currency central bank that's given the monopoly of our currency. It would allow for free banking, and we could use our own items and determine value on those. And so we are definitely up against a multi-generational, multi-decades, now centuries plus 10 years almost, uh, age of the Federal Reserve and the various other banking interests and the people behind that, Henry Clay, Alexander Hamilton, even Abraham Lincoln to some to some degree, in yep. many cases for the Northern interests. And, uh, you know, the, the actual criminal elements, and Lincoln was massively criminal, of course, um, but... Um, I think it's it's partially recognition of the mindset, but also recognition of this this these stepping stones that they've laid down. And unless I think people will be causing them, it, it might sound like a vexing problem to see this giant wall in front of us, this cliff cliff that has to be scaled upwards. We got to climb, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, or yeah. Sis, it, yeah, it might be Sisyphean, you know. There's right, that right. great, you know, yeah. yeah. And uh, climbing up the hill with the rock. Yeah, yeah. right. Only to see it fall back down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And but as as Camus said in the myth of Sisyphus, you know, Sisyphus was free when he was going back down the hill. It just depended on his mindset. Yeah. Did he feel like he was put upon and cursed to have to take this burden on or would he enjoy that free time and rekindle his spirits? And I don't want to sound too saccharine or anything like that, but I do want to say it's so refreshing. I mean, you swept into my radar screen Mm -hmm. 
like, you know, the proverbial breath of fresh air and the, the scholarship you've got and the dynamic way that you get this out here. I'll check in one last time with Rockfin and Rumble and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll let the, uh, the greenies put you back in their corral, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Courtney Turner is in there and, um, uh, they're having conversation about some, uh, some battles that they're doing them- themselves, uh, information <laughs> provided in, P- uh, not, and not fighting with each other, but fighting against the bad guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so just want to get up a little bit farther into, yeah. yeah um, here. Yeah, Karen Carpenter says, does Courtney think we can stop the WHO, One Health, and how it's Mm -hmm. being rebranded? One of the things that was brought to my attention recently was that uh, part of the, like, nascent origins of this was they tried to put together a biodiversity treaty, and it actually didn't get passed. So, I yeah. And uh, of course, they're rebranding. They're you know moving forward with all of the and part of the. I think the NAX was part of that as well because it was all in the name of biodiversity and preserving the wildlife. And um, you know that that was one of the claims that they were making. Uh, but I bring that up to say because you ask about the WHO, and of course, right now they're uh, talking about their pandemic treaty and the amendments to the pandemic treaty. Plenty more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith. Thank you so much for being in the audience, and please spread the word. We'll be back. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 